Hi everybody and thank you for joining into another Tell Me A Time podcast. I really appreciate that you're giving up some time in your day as always to check into these conversations. Uh, please do reach us reach us on uh, our Instagram at Tell Me A Time Official. There's also the bio link for our blog um, that some really special stories have been shared uh, recently. So I encourage, uh, encourage you to go and read some of the notes that are on that blog space. In today's podcast, I am joined by Jamie Doby, who is currently a professional rugby player for the Glasgow Warriors. Uh, he's been um, labelled as one of the brightest young talents in Scottish rugby to date. And initially I approached Jamie, I wanted to talk to him a bit about pressure and how he deals with pressure and we kind of talk about how he has progressed and adapted from schoolboy rugby to playing as a as a career. Um, so thank you Jamie for being so honest and sharing a bit of insight into how you go about things, um, how you deal with those pressures sharing some of your uh, mental struggles and uh, I really do wish you the best for uh, the rest of your career um, on and off the field. Um, So please do enjoy listening to this conversation and do make sure you reach out to us on Instagram. So take care and have a great week. Hey Jamie. Hi Pete, how you doing? Good mate, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Can you can you hear me alright? Yeah, I've got you. Perfect. Am I all good? Good. Yeah, you're good, mate. How are you getting on? Yeah, it's good actually. Just back in the flat down in Glasgow, so we've had our first week back of training. So it's <clears throat> good to get back into a bit of routine. Yeah. Perfect. Back home, back down even. How are you what are you up to? Are you uh, I'm just well. I'm still furloughed and um, just waiting to get back to work. So yeah. looking forward to getting a bit more structure back and things. Yeah. But thanks for uh, thanks for doing this and giving up a bit That's of time. All. No, no. Um, so the way it works is like it's recording at the moment, and I can edit the start of this and edit the oh, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah I guess just to get into things. Uh. First of all, I've been told that I need to stay uh, stay professional because uh, you're you're uh, you're a, you're a, you're a pro now, and obviously, oh, like I knew that. knew you when um, when we were at school, and I, obviously I was a few few yeah, years no, above I think, you. I think and, you were prefect when I was like second form. Well, exactly. So you must second have been like twelve, thirteen, and now you're yeah, you're an adult right. playing. Uh, Playing playing rugby for for Glasgow, which is super exciting, but then again, I know pretty 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 minimal about not much about rugby, so uh, you might have to might have to bear with me in some parts. But I think course, when I yeah. first reached out to you, I kind of wanted to kind of talk a bit a bit a bit about mental health and yep. um, things like that because that's obviously 
what uh, the blog space and this new podcast um, kind of kind of focuses on. So, um, yeah, yeah, and as I say, I think because I've done quite a little bit of reading reading around you, and obviously in the rugby community, people are getting pretty excited about you as being one of the like young young boys coming coming up through the system and uh yeah as i say just wanted to get a bit insight into how your uh headspace works for someone like yourself so sounds good yeah just like a whirlwind of (laughs) some of your highlights i guess and you can correct me if any any of this is wrong but you obviously captained the scottish schools under 18s uh and you were the winning team in 2019 and um you represented scotland under 16s and under 18s which you captained the scotland under 18s during the 2018-19 season and now you're like more recently you're the first player born after the millennium to sign for glasgow warriors and you've been you have been labelled as the brightest, one of the brightest young talents in Scottish rugby. So I guess, like, how does that make you feel? Because obviously that's quite a, I don't know, like, does it all seem to happen in a bit of a, bit of a whirlwind? Or, um... yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, it has been. It has been a bit crazy. Sort of the end of school in my last year, having like the, the cup and the the Scotland stuff as well. That was all sort of. Um, like a crazy time with being busy at school and obviously having all my A levels that year and having all this rugby, um, that that was sort of all all a bit blurred into one. That was pretty crazy times, but no, it's, it's been really good. Like um, it's it's crazy to hear like people like you yourself being labelled as something like that. But um, no, I guess it's it's a it's a good thing and this is a bit of pressure that can come with that but yeah exactly um, which is what what I initially reached out was to kind of and we'll get into that kind of talking a bit about the pressures but then I guess first of all because obviously you said you're you're back at um you're back in training this this week um so what have you been getting up to during lockdown yeah so I've actually escaped back up home to um family up in Inverness so left the flat in Glasgow like sort of late to mid-March when this all sort of got pretty serious and went up home mm-hmm. um, and have was up home for 12-ish weeks pretty much I guess until the start of June mm-hmm. um, and was just up home it was it was I was glad to do that I've obviously um, have being in a flat in Glasgow and when it was at its tightest, there wouldn't have been much, much option um, yeah. to do stuff. But I had had obviously like the garden, and we live just outside of, of Inverness, so there's plenty of open space, and and um, like can go out a lot more e- freely, if you know what I mean. There's, yeah, exactly. Um, and how have you been managing? Have you managed to like do any training and things from home? How's that? Work? Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's one of the benefits of being at home. I was able to just go on sort of like runs from home um on the road or up in the, up in the fields and that which is really good stay on top of a bit of fitness 
Mm-hmm. And also I've had some some very basic um like weights that um kindly got um was borrowing off our neighbours who weren't using them. So I was able to do a bit of that and, and Glasgow sent out some some programs for people with like very limited weights or no weights at all. Um mm-hmm. so it was just following a very basic just to keep things ticking over, not obviously it's a tough time for and to be making like headway and stuff like that would would be incredible but it was more just to stay on top of things so when we eventually do get back in we're not in not in the worst nick yeah exactly and i guess no one expected like you didn't expect your first year at the club to to look like to look like this but it's good that you've managed to um as you say stay on top of things so what is Mm -hmm. it that you enjoy like i guess it's a kind of i don't know if it's a simple question but a bit of a basic question like what do you enjoy so much about rugby specifically or like team sport? What is it that you, yeah. what is it? Why, 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 why have you chosen to, to pursue a career in rugby? That's a good question. Yeah. I think rugby is, and we touched on it being the team sport is one of the, is a massive part of it. I, when I was younger and when I was at school, I was pretty big into tennis. That was mm-hmm. sort of my main sport. Um, I'd be playing a lot of competitions and training a lot. And as I got a bit older into sort of, well, I'd be like 14, 15, I just felt that like the individual side of the tennis, it was so individualized, like you're winning by yourself, you're losing by yourself. And mm-hmm. that's what, and that was one of the reasons that, um, that pushed me towards rugby. So I obviously had to get to the point where I had to make a decision between the two sports when like exams started coming in that. Yeah. And I ultimately picked rugby, which, which is, which has been a good decision now, but um, it's interesting. It's interesting because like, I know a lot of like singular, like when there's just one person playing the sport, yeah, it can be pretty like mentally grueling. Like I know like you're saying that you don't, when you're playing tennis by yourself, you're often training by yourself or with your coach or like, but you're, you're also winning and losing by yourself. And I know like golfers and swimmers have the same kind of, same kind of thing going on. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I most enjoy about rugby. Like you win as a team and then you lose as a team. So people are always around you to celebrate together or to get around each other after, after a loss. So that's, that's definitely one of the things. Nice one. And then um, how did you adjust from playing? Because obviously you have left school last year. Yeah. 2019. Yeah, yeah. And then gone straight into club rugby. Have you gone to, have you like, so you've not gone to university, have you? Uh, no, this last year I haven't. I mm-hmm. um, decided to take, well, in um, talk with like, the rugby decided that it would be best to take like the first year just to get into the rugby, get, sure. used, get used to the schedule and that. So I'm actually trying to sort out my uni for yeah. this summer, this uh, sort of September time starting on like a part-time basis, mm-hmm. which, which would be good to give like another focus and yeah, and that sort of stuff. And it would just be over a longer period of time if the rugby keeps going. But um yeah, no, it was it was it was a bit it was a bit mad getting thrown in 
Yeah. Going I, in, going how how did you adjust to um? How did you adjust from going from school schoolboy level to a professional level? Yeah. No, that that was a bit of a crazy time because, well, I guess fortunately for me, it was like a it's like a World Cup year last year. Mm-hmm. So Glasgow had two scrum halves in my position away at the World Cup um, for Scotland away in Japan. So that meant that I guess I was sort of more involved and more in chance of playing games at the start of the season than I would normally be. Yeah. Because of obviously two scrum halves down. So I guess that was, it was, it was crazy like playing in the preseason games and at the start of the season, but, it was good having they have a long preseason before that so you do get used to the training like mm-hmm. the physicality the speed of it and they get you up to speed as much as you can um, yeah. but and i lot- guess you kind of had your experience of like under 16s and under 18s level which is yeah. kind of like a bit of a micro kind of getting you used to cuz i presume some of the guys that were playing in like under 18 Scotland, you must have known some of them must have come through to the clubs and things. Yeah, like yeah, yourself. that's right. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then obviously, Tell Me Time is very mental health driven. And um, if it was all right with yourself, I was wondering if you wanted to possibly share a time um, that you kind of maybe possibly struggled mentally um on or off the rugby field and then how did you kind of deal with this and what did you learn and overcome from these kind of hurdles that can get in the way possibly no yeah of course i think it's important to talk about that stuff as well i think a time for me with that most sticks out i guess it was both on and off the field i think it came from on the field but then Manifest manifests itself a bit more in your head off the field, but I mm-hmm. guess um, probably the time that sticks out most to me is our under sixteen team at school. We were in the semi-finals of the of the cup, and we playing St Aloysius, who we'd never really played, and I guess naively of us, well, we'd had a pretty good season, and we didn't really know too much about them, and I guess everybody probably expected to win. I think the whole school expected us to win to get to another cup final. I think as a team, we were probably expecting expecting a win as well. And that, that didn't help us at all. And we got got beat that day um, at, at home, at school. And it was, all, it, was a pretty, it was a pretty tough lesson for a lot of us that, um, that we really, we probably weren't where we thought we were. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because that's halfway through the season and there's a lot of lost motivation across the whole team, mm-hmm. including yourself. And as a, as a leader in that team, like you have to, you have to like boy the boys back up because you can't, you can't be sulking yourself like as much. You have to, well, it's tough because you're getting the mix between putting a brave, a brave face on, but also, speaking to people about how challenging it was for you you're not wanting to just not speak to anyone about it so yeah. you're wanting you're wanting to get the boys back going because there's still plenty of games left in the season and you can still salvage a really good season without without the cup mm-hmm. but um 
yeah, that was a tough time. I'd say from that, I learned a couple of good lessons and one being that, um, like, as I said, you have to speak to others. There's no point in, in taking Boss, it all on yourself. everything up. Yeah, precisely. Like, you can, it's easy to bottle it up and pretend it's all fine um, mm-hmm. when, I guess, it's, it's tough. And um, so learning to speak to others and uh, having a lucky to have, like, our year was really close, so good friends around us and that, able to speak about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. the, str- the strength in the team, because I think we, the week after we went and beat Watson's by like 50 points, so it just showed that um, that when when you have got refocused and that as a team, you can, you can do good things. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to what you're initially saying about kind of why you chose to focus on rugby is that you can share you can share things within a team yeah. that you can't. Yeah, exactly. That's what you mean. might find it hard if you lost the like a semi final in the tennis. Um, yeah, you can't really share that with anyone. No, exactly. Yeah, it's um, all it's all on you a bit there. Yeah, exactly. So, um, do you kind of take some of that? into like into the games that you play now like wherever if you win or you lose or um i guess when you're playing in glasgow does the team kind of have a bit of a like are you mates yeah definitely i think i think that's one of the really good things about about being in glasgow this the team and the squad are all like really close and everyone's helping one another. There's no sort of, um, there's no sort of divisiveness between like even people in the same position that I guess are competing for spots every week, but everyone's helping each other. Everyone's there. Mm-hmm. Everyone's there to, to speak to, to help on the rugby, to help off the rugby. We have like special, like what well, we go for like coffees and positional stuff. Um, and some food and that together off the field completely. But no, Glasgow's really good for that, I think. And I can't speak for any other team. I haven't really experienced it. But I think I think compared to others, I think it will be stronger. Glasgow yeah. is stronger than some other teams in that. Kind of um, like mentality of kind of looking out for each other. and Yeah, yeah, exactly that. A bit more kind of camaraderie off the field. Yeah. No, for yeah, sure. That's great. Um, so what's it like for yourself being one of the youngest players like in the professional in the pro league? Like, um do you do you see yourself as do you think of yourself as a young player? Because what you're are you nineteen yet? Yeah, just just turned nineteen. Just, just turned nineteen. Ago, yeah. So do you kinda think of yourself as someone who is young compared to the other guys or do you just see yourself as one of the other players um, that's just getting on with their job yeah i guess i guess it does um it does go over in your mind that you that i definitely am the youngest like some of the people i'm playing against have got like 50 to 100 caps for their country not let alone the the club so the club. stuff uh-huh. stuff like that is is crazy but it is like it's really cool to have that. Um, like I would, I'd never expect to have been in this like position, being fortunate enough to have 
have these opportunities. But I guess there is an added pressure with that because you don't want to be the young boy that isn't ready to be playing and shouldn't actually be out there. So I guess mm-hmm. it's a bit of an, an added pressure on myself to, yeah. to, be able, to be able to perform at that level because when you're out in the pitch, ultimately it doesn't matter if you're a teenager or if you're a veteran at 30 with 100 caps for your country. Like A mistake can be a mistake that can lead to... a uh, losing a game or something so you've got to you've got to not think about that too much um, Mm -hmm. and just get on with your own game and trust that they've you've got the abilities that they've trusted you to put you on the park for so yeah completely and how do you when I initially reached out to you I wanted to talk about and discuss pressure and how that affects you and how you you deal with pressure um and as you say uh that a mistake is a mistake it doesn't matter um like how old you are people aren't really interested in your age um Mm -hmm. but how does pressure kind of affect yourself and your game and as scrum half um yeah, how how does it just affect your yeah affect no, your mindset? I, think, I guess it sort of at the start probably affects me a bit more. I've had a got a bit more used to it, but um, like not wanting to make mistakes, as I've said, like in in big pressure moments, like as a scrum half, you're obviously very involved in the game. Mm-hmm. You're con- you're controlling a lot of the game, and that's tough. I'm still learning learning lots about it so not wanting to make big mistakes that influence the game a lot like that can that can play over stuff like over I can overplay stuff in my head quite a lot yeah um, or say I say I feel like I've made a mistake or that like I can sometimes like get stuck on that a bit in the game but it's just important just to forget about it. like everyone makes mistakes and if you if you think about that then you can impact the rest of your game Completely, which, which is the last thing you want. But I guess like one obvious thing is getting used to like playing in big stadiums and with like TV cameras on and that like nothing is missed. Like at school, you might have some parents and some other schoolboys there watching, but it's it's completely different to the atmosphere that you play in. There's no one um analyzing everything that you do. Exactly, I mean, like literally, yeah. like there's people in the booth, kind of like yeah. picking picking up on ev- yeah. everything you do yeah so that that's a that's a different that's a different sort of pressure but you know that um, there's however seven thousand people watching you live right now but i guess you've just gotta gotta put that block on the crowd and not think about that because that's when that's when errors can like creep into your head and you can make silly mistakes that you hopefully wouldn't normally make yeah completely has there ever been a occasion in a game where your head space is kind of taken over and you've really been affected in a kind of negative negative way that's led to you making more mistakes but also how do you control your thought process like how do you um make sure that that doesn't doesn't happen yeah, that is definitely 
definitely one that I can like sticks out to me being will have been my first my first start for Glasgow at Scottsdale, so at home when it had been February of this year. Mm-hmm. I think like less than a minute in, forty seconds in, fifty seconds in, um, I threw an interception. So they intercept their nine intercepted it and ran sixty meters and scored. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'm forty seconds into my first start. Yeah, and, like you're you're just like oh you're not what you wanted. <laughs> yeah, it's dying. But uh-huh. um, like at that point, it would have been really easy for me for that to just mull over in my head. And um, but there's still seventy nine minutes left of the game, so I was like thinking I can't let the first minute impact the 79 more I can I can still like make this a decent performance mm-hmm. and still and still help the team out massively in the rest in the 79 minutes still to go rather than having that one minute affect it ruin your yeah ruin your game. So, and so it's like, did... sorry carry on it's like what you were saying about uh under when when you're in the under 16s and you you lost that game against St Aloysius, was it? And then, yeah, that's right. But then the next week you played played Watsons, like a a big a big rugby yeah. school, and um and you beat them. So it almost goes back to what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, it sounds like your mindset's not changed that much since you were sixteen. No, no, I guess. To- no, the the basic mindset of that hasn't at all. I think obviously, um, back at under sixteens, it it was like over a longer time period, so I probably thought about it more for longer. Whereas in the in the game for Glasgow, you don't have time to really yeah. think about it that much, which is yeah, I, I guess is good. But um, no, definitely it's the same same principle both times. Do you find that you can switch off when you go home? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Say pretty good at that, but that's one of one of the things that hopefully going to uni and starting some uni is gonna do, just give me like a another focus away from rugby. It is easy to get caught up in in rugby and coming home and like doing analysis or overthinking stuff, but just having something that can just get my head into completely and forget about it. Mm-hmm. I think good. it's I think it's really healthy, like I've touched in touched on in previous podcasts i do a lot of um like therapy and we talk about how uh it's important not to put all your eggs into one basket which in which in your case is like the the rugby yeah um Mm -hmm. and obviously i can't speak for you but when you have your like university or just or outside relationships or things if you can invest your time and energy into lots of different pockets then um i think it it gives people a more healthier healthier mindset and then obviously i think it would also also helps like your game or your relationships or your uh when you start your university too i think um it's always really healthy to kind of have lots of different focuses yeah um definitely yeah i agree uh and then what helps you focus before and during a game um good question yeah i think well i've touched on it already obviously 
having to just block out like the crowd, the the TV camera, stuff like that when you're actually playing is important for me. How just, how how do you do that? Um, I think part of it comes naturally when you're actually in the heat of a game and you're focusing on your on your role in the game and what your next job is. It sort of does subconsciously it does just get blocked out but there can be times where say you just you just lose focus slightly that and you can sort you sort of go back into where you can hear the hear the crowd of that and you've just got to bring it back in yeah bring it back in i just like think about like what's the next thing i've got to do that i know i've got to do in this game whether it's going to be like a pass or if i'm kicking or if it's going to be like from from the scrum half role in defence, like telling, like helping people where to go from behind, that sort of stuff. Just focus back on the next role in the game, and then that sort of just blocks it out for me. Um, yeah. I guess what else? Focusing. I guess I do try to do a bit of like visualization, like before a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like visualizing, like. Well, again, my role and stuff that you want to go, and I find that helps massively. Because then, if you find you're in that position on the on the pitch, then you sort of have an idea of what what you want to do already, and it's a yeah. lot easier. There's a, it's one less thing to think about than when you're on the pitch. Yeah, which is kind of like my which was my next kind of question was talking about the yeah, importance yeah. of visualization, and I think some athletes talk about going into a kind of like meditation state of minds before before their games um yeah. so are you visualizing the the experience as a as a whole or the specific one aspect of the game or how does that how does that work yeah i think i think at the, at the start of it it is pretty broad yeah. you're visualizing the whole sort of match like the whole experience like the match day thing of like your whole warm-up and all the all the ongoings of the of sitwaft and of the game around the game but then it has to get focused down into like individual parts of the game and individual um individual passes individual kicks that you know you're probably going to have to do in that game so it's it does get it does get focused down um like that but very I think, specific yeah i think it does I think it's important at every level to do to see that, and then you you go into the game in a much better headspace if you've got that um, sort of positive positive association with the stuff in your head already before you've even started it. Completely, yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> um, and then uh, kind of just the like to round up in the last segment of this chat i guess that um we're seeing like football in in football there's a bit of a they're having a bit of a movement in relation with mental health awareness and i think most notably like the fa cup and well the football association mm-hmm. uh are brought in their heads up campaign um do is this something that I guess that's like, are you seeing a bit more of this within the rugby community? I know there's players that have been very open about their own mental health. Um, and you're saying that when you're at, when you're at Glasgow, you kind of, the boys are looking out for each other and things. What is there things in place? 
yeah, for no, young, young guys like yourself to kind of get help or get a bit of like I don't know, not necessarily get help because you might not need any help. Mm-hmm. But, um, say, say you did, yeah, yeah, or um, kind of are people open about their emotions? Because I think when you think of like rugby players, you think of big guys that stereotypically exactly, might not be yeah. interested in opening up or talking about their emotions. And I was wondering from your perspective how how this what this looks like. Yeah, I think that's that's the first step. Like everyone's got this um well, most people have got this pre preconceived idea that you if you speak out or if you if you're struggling then you can be seen to be weak in that, which is just completely completely wrong and and I guess rugby is probably falls into that category, it certainly has done in the past where people would be wouldn't want to speak out or that sort of stuff, and I guess football, football, as you say, is doing is doing really good for that. But at, at Glasgow, there is there's definitely the sort of the network in place for for stuff like that. Right from these like coffees that we go for in our positional staff, right to speaking to coaches, right up to a psychologist that that can that comes in and and speaks to boys, whether it's about anything really, what about mental health stuff they're struggling with visualization about stuff on the pitch just they're there to help mm-hmm. they're there to help people to to i guess and well for some people to enjoy enjoy the rugby enjoy the rugby more or to yeah be happier um help them in that sense to to be happier in 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 their life and that and I think that's really important because as you say if you bottle it up the more and more then it's just it's going to get worse and it's going to be harder to harder to help so the earlier you can earlier people feel that they can chat to someone about it then the better mm-hmm. and also as you say you don't want to be miserable if this is your career and uh, you're going yeah, every yeah. every day very un very unhappy. Um, it's great that there's someone there to, um, someone there to to talk to and like a trained professional, as you're saying. And also, it sounds like a really close close group of lads that you yeah. you play with, and it's really yeah really nice to hear. Like even simple things like just going for a coffee in a chat. Yeah. Um, and talking about something like I think from my own from my own experience of my good mates, like obviously we've both come from a rugby school, um, yeah. and the importance that like sometimes guys don't want to talk about rugby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which yeah, it can which... easily you can easily get wrapped up in that sort of bubble. Yeah. And that's just not that's just not helpful helpful yeah. and, and healthy for you. I guess you need to have that that other side where you can just like sort of get your head out of it and it's is massively important. Talk about everyone, what you want to talk about what you want to talk about. Because exactly. there's more there's more to uh there's more to Jamie Dobie or more to any other um, what I was saying about about the future in the next twelve months in terms of a rugby sense, I guess it's Getting back to getting back to playing, there's a bit. Obviously, there has been a bit of uncertainty about when 
about when rugby might be able to start and what it might look like. But I think they've got they penciled in the end of August for their start of start of some some games. So hopefully, just getting involved as much as I can. I was fortunate last year with during the World Cup and during the Six Nations to get to get some opportunities to play and more than I thought I'd ever get in my first year. So just to keep building on that, I've still got so much to learn from the mm. other scrum halves and from the game. Like mm-hmm. I'm still only 19, I guess, that any opportunity, any opportunities I get are a bonus and it's just about learning and building my game more and more. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I guess, just starting the uni and hopefully getting into that smoothly. What um, course do you think you're doing? Yes, as um, well, I had a place for economics at Glasgow Uni, but um, they or I, I guess I'll put on me, I didn't know that they don't offer economics or anything in their social science uh, school on a on a part time basis. So uh, that's <laughs> out the window. But Strathclyde have got a really good partnership with Glasgow. And obviously nice. a really a really strong business school as well. So I'm hoping to go study sort of like a business and economics degree at Strathclyde and on a part time basis. So just when when rugby and uni don't don't clash, be able to go and 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 do that. Um, so that that's the plan. But just trying to sort that at the moment. Yeah. Well, it's all exciting, mate. Indeed. And uh, I wish you. I wish you all the best with all the with everything that you do and you pursue. If it's the rugby, if it's the university course, um, it's all exciting and it's good that you guys are getting back into the training too. Gives you a yeah. bit more routine. Yeah. But well, honestly, thank you very much. Yeah, honestly, thank you for for joining the chat and um, I'll end 